What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey everybody, welcome to our latest episode of the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. I'm Pete, this is Evan, our godfather Justin has made an appearance with us today. And we have a special guest, Manny Alejandro, and we're going to be talking to him about his run for public advocate in New York City in just a second. Before we get into that, I just wanted to go over who this podcast is for. So first off, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. The Empire State Conservative Network Podcast is for New Yorkers who feel neglected by local and state politicians. Also, you're tired of friends, family, co-workers for ostracizing you for feeling differently than they do, mainly because you're right and they're wrong. So, Manny, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Not a problem. So, before we get into um, what, what your platform is and what you're running on, we wanted to go over what the pub- public advocate in New York City was, because a lot of people don't uh, aren't as familiar with what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So, there's a lot of confusion about it. So, public advocate is really the ombudsperson of the city of New York. So, that role is really there to take complaints to conduct investigations. The limitation in a role is that the role doesn't have subpoena power. So a lot of times, a lot of people think the public advocate isn't as good of a role as, say, as a a district attorney or attorney general. Yes, but there's a lot of things a public advocate can do. It's a very important role. Mm -hmm. There's a limited budget. It was uh, created uh, 20-something years ago in the New York City Charter was amended. There's been a couple of public advocates. De Blasio was a public advocate, Mm -hmm. Patricia James. And if in the hands of the right person and the right leader, and my party's called Better Leaders because I think we have terrible leadership in New York City, mm-hmm. we could really you know, have an effective person who could really represent the people. You also get a seat at the table at a lot of the committee meetings or, or board meetings. So you, know, you have a seat at the table, um, and you're really there to represent kind of what's going on um, in the community. All right, great. So, uh, Justin, I know that you mentioned, and you're volunteering with Manny, that it's a plurality vote. So there's 16 people in the race? Is, is that 17, correct? 17. 17 now. Okay. So, uh, so why don't you tell the folks a little bit about your platform and, and what you're running on and uh, why you feel you would be the best candidate over everybody else? So, really, the, the, the point of me running is just I'm fed up with the city and just frustrated with the city. Mm-hmm. I live in Manhattan, and uh, I feel like, in particular, since the Blasio got elected, every year things have gotten progressively worse. And I think the role of the public advocate could, could be and should be someone who's a check on the mayor. Mm-hmm. So the way the government is structured right now in New York City and states, pretty much democratic control. So whoever the public advocate is would be a rubber stamp. And that's my big beef and that's my big issue. So if you look at what's going on in the city, I'm concerned clearly with NYCHA housing. Mm-hmm. I think the conditions are incorrigible. I think if uh, a private landlord owned that real estate, um, they would be criminally prosecuted. So I'm concerned about how the city gets fined $2.2 billion by the federal government, the city meaning us taxpayers have to actually cut the check and pay that right. to the federal government and nothing will be improved. People have you know, mice, rats, brown water, rusty water, lead-based paint, um, it's lead in the water, it's no heat, boilers are broken throughout the whole winter. It's just really a bad situation. So I want to get into office and really just start you know, making sure that, first of all, there are criminal prosecutions. The people who ran NYCHA should be criminally prosecuted, so I want to throw them in jail. I want rules and responsibilities. I want to know who is running it, how long do people know what's going on. I also want to make sure that I work cooperatively with the federal government. So HUD is now involved. Mm-hmm. Ben Carson was up here a couple of weeks ago. 
there's a federal monitor, not a federal receiver. I wish there was a federal receiver, which is a stronger relationship. But there's a federal monitor now, and the monitor is responsible for over, oversight of, um, of NYCHA. I also want to focus on MTA. So now we have congestion pricing, which is just a boondoggle trying to bail out the MTA. I don't think it'll work. Um, I think MTA always talks about if we increase the fares, if we get more money, things will be better. I think that's a fallacy. Um, if, if a Metro card swipe was 10 bucks, I still think the subway would be horrible. I know it would be horrible. Yeah. Um, the subways right now become homeless shelters, predominantly, which, which is another one of my issues. So, you know, as public advocate, I'd want to really jump on EMTA, look at, look at their financials, do an audit of the MTA, work with independent of the controller, uh, that's an important part of role is being independent mm -hmm. and really understand what's going on. Again, roles and responsibilities hold people accountable. Why does the MTA always need money and the MTA is always delayed? And undoubtedly, every time I take a subway, there's a delay. It's a horrible situation. Yeah. And it's dirty and smelly and people you know, feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. And then the other, the other big issue of mine is dealing with the homeless crisis. Mm -hmm. So I was actually in College Point yesterday, and uh, it's the third time I was there, and there are uh, probably 500 people there, which is a great turnout. And what they're protesting is a shelter, a proposed shelter on 20th Avenue. And what it is, essentially, would be a homeless shelter for 200 men. Hmm. And the community, de Blasio has a uh, policy, not a law difference, right? Law yeah. has to be promulgated. A policy is just like something I make up, that right. make up. And a policy is to provide notice to the community, 30-day notice. So de Blasio could knock on the door and say, I'm here, 30 days from now, there'll be a homeless shelter. And there's really not much you could do. You know, the ink is dried, contracts, leases are signed, ready to go. It really leaves the community in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. What I found out is that these 200 men, their identities will be blocked. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to know who's actually in there. What do I mean by that? Well, if someone's a registered sex offender, we're not going to know. So if someone's a registered sex offender by law, they have to be on a sex registry on a website. Exactly. They can't be near a school and all that stuff. We're not going to know. They're going to conceal the identities of these individuals. That's absolutely ridiculous. That absolutely all that does is put the community at risk. You don't know who's coming in here. You don't know. Because even if, let's say, you wanted to provide housing to these men, let's say they are registered sex offenders. If I have a small child and I live in the area, I know to keep my kid away from that area. Absolutely. I know that I, listen, my kid's going to school. He's coming over here. I know we're not going downtown late at night because something bad might happen. But without that information, it really, it, it just puts the community at risk. Absolutely, and, and de Blasio's looking to do this, and he started to do this throughout the city, um, in all the boroughs. Yeah, we had one in Ozone Park that got killed. Um, yeah, and it was a big pushback from the community for that as well, because, you know, I mean, we, we know who's going in there. It's not about not helping the people, like, like we said. But that's the spin. The spin is, right. oh my God, these people have money, they're affluent, right. and they're upset because their property value is gonna go right. down. Yeah, well, that's right. terrible, but these people don't lack compassion. It's just not the right place for it. Right. So when you look at de Blasio and his kind of vision of the city, right, he wants to essentially make everybody suffer and say, like, it's not fair that, you know, there's homeless people in this part of the neighborhood. Everybody should experience it. That's why he wants to close down wipers, do the same thing. You're going to have community jailing. You're going to have, in addition to homeless people, community jailing, you'll have injection sites. You know, so everybody's got to suffer the pain as opposed to, making a facility, in a, putting a facility in the right neighborhood, right meaning an area that maybe doesn't have schools or children around it, more industrial, right? Where maybe instead of 200 men, you could have 1,000 men. Mm -hmm. The people need to be served. I, I totally get that, and I'm very compassionate, and I want to make sure 
that the homeless population served. I don't think they are. I think many of the homeless have mental illness. Mm -hmm. They're not getting the proper mental tr treatment, mm -hmm. right? not medical treatment to address their mental illness. And the, the conditions in the shelters are very, very bad. So I see a lot of people on the street in Manhattan. I see a lot of people in Manhattan. And it's been a cold winter, and I say, why don't you go to a shelter? And predominantly they say to me, no. I don't want to go to a shelter because I feel threatened and my life will be at risk. I said, well, what do you mean? They said, if, you go to, if I go to a shelter, all of my belongings will be stolen, and people will physically hurt me. Hmm. I said, so what do you do? I said, well, I, I sleep on a subway, and nobody bothers me. And that takes you back to you know, the MTA, where I've spoken to people who work at the MTA. And their big deal right now, particularly the cleaners, is they're not getting enough supplies. Why? They need more rubber gloves, because a lot of times there's literally uh, bodily fluids in the cars from these homeless people. That's very disgusting. And and these and and you know these cleaners are in a union and they, they don't make much money these people right. right and they're not you know uh, they don't have like a lot of degrees and advanced degrees so they're being taken advantage of because they're kind of just left to be essentially handling the homeless population so when they go to clean a car they literally have to sometimes physically pick up and and uh, help the homeless people out of the car and then they have to clean up the car hmm. but that's the kind of nature of the city we're in right, right i mean right. horrible conditions I mean, but that also goes towards a, a bigger point that we talk about a lot right which is that all these problems kind of intersect and they all date back to the same thing identity politics socialist policies things like this that have caused this decay the amount of money we pay everybody in the city pays is absolutely I mean, it's not you should it's be living in a shiny democrat you know uh cuomo de Blasio, every one of their solutions is predicated on money. If you had more money worth, that is a complete fallacy. Mm -hmm. Look at the Department of Education. The Department of Education, particularly under Obama, for eight years, had more money than it ever had in their budget. Okay. You tell me if they moved the needle, if they moved the dial in terms of <laughs> literacy rates, in terms of kids going to college, mm -hmm. it didn't happen. And I'm not picking on them, I'm using it as an example. Right. There's an example where they said, if we had the money, things would be better. They got the money, things weren't better. Mm -hmm. Okay, MTA, like I said, if they had the money, you really think things will be better? No. no. NYCHA, which, what's funny, so in, during the campaign, I found out that the, there was a bundle of money that was going to go to NYCHA, and a federal judge would not release the money until the federal monitor was appointed, because the judge knew that those monies would be stolen. <laughs> Everybody knows. So, and they have these third-party contracts, so when the boiler breaks, I have no idea who's responsible at NYCHA to get the boiler fixed. I have no idea about bidding. So if the boiler's 1,000 or if the boiler's 5,000, I have no idea. And I have no idea if someone who brokered that transaction, if it really is 1,000, but they book it at 5,000, and they skim four grand off the Right, pot. it's such a bureaucracy, you can't even track what's going on. No, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally, you know, this kind of crazy confusion cesspool. It's just a complete disaster. And I'm just really upset and pissed off about it because I feel like you're absolutely right. Things, everything we're talking about, this just didn't happen yesterday, right? This is like years and years and years of neglect and it's intentional. The, how, the homeless crisis, putting homeless people in residential neighborhoods, that's intentional. They call it blockbusting. It's the Blasio's vision to, to get back at neighborhoods he doesn't like. He wants to put a homeless shelter on 58th Street. 57th Street is billionaires row. Mm -hmm. One of the richest apartments in the world. Yeah. You have Carnegie Hall. You want to put a homeless shelter? Can't you pick a place on Manhattan? It's a pretty big island. Mm -hmm. 
better than 50, 58th Street. It's clearly intentional. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this guy has malintent. This guy really is looking to ruin the city. The guy is a socialist and a communist. Mm -hmm. And the guy has a vision, and he's been successful in carrying out his vision. To the people who voted for him, the people who campaigned for him, he's done a great job because he did what he said he was going to do. But that really does just go to show how important this public advocate position is. Because if you're there to call, to basically oversee this or call him out on stuff like this, it's important to have a dissenting voice. Because we've seen what's happened in this state with Cuomo running wild now that the Democrats have both parts of the state government. Mm -hmm. And he's just passing stuff, passing stuff, passing stuff. And de Blasio's been doing this for years, and no one's checking him. Because it's New York City, and people either aren't voting, or they're only voting Democrat, or the conservatives stay home. Mm -hmm. And we really, it, it really does, we need that conservative voice in the government to kind of bring everything back. Because we vote, everyone hates de Blasio. De Blasio goes to a Mets game and gets booed. Oh, yeah. Yet somehow he keeps getting elected. So Nobody shows up. No, you're right. Nobody right. shows up or people show up who have a single issue that he's on the right side of. Okay. But, you know, it's crazy. It's like being a conservative in New York City, people look at us like we're weird. But if you tell people you're a socialist, so the opposite of being conservative, it's okay. Mm -hmm. it, makes, it makes no sense to me. And, you know, I was in Corona... Two weeks ago, we, we did a, a, a press conference there where the, this guy, MS-13 gang member, shot an 18th Street gang member mm. on the 7 train. Yeah, yeah. Right, on the platform, mm. right? And what's crazy about that is, is that that guy was apprehended by the NYPD in December. But the NYPD has a sanctuary city policy, well, New York City does, I should say, essentially tying the hands behind the back of the NYPD. So unless this guy committed a certain crime, and there's a list of crimes, NYPD cannot, and I have tremendous respect for cops, cops are awesome, mm -hmm. just to be clear, what the Blasio in the city are doing to the cops, the cops cannot refer that individual to ICE because right. of fear of deportation. So this crime could have been pre prevented if this guy, if, 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 if the cop, if the NYPD uh, sent that information to ICE in December. Okay, mm -hmm. and what does that mean now? Well, that means that because there's the rival gangs, someone in 18th Street is going to kill some, an MS-13 gang member, probably on a platform, and people in the neighborhood are going to work or whatever, there's a busy busy, busy uh, train stop for the 7 train. But again, you have people like de Blasio, Melissa Mark Viverito talking about, you know, abolishing ICE. Cuomo called ICE, uh, Cuomo called ICE uh, agents thugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, a federal agent of the government is a thug. No, an MS-13 gang member is a thug, government, yeah. respectfully, okay? But that's what I'm up against, and that's what we're fighting. Mm -hmm. I actually did a panel the other day, and um, Giannis Rodriguez was sitting to my right, and he asked us what we wanted to accomplish and what we were proud of, and he said he's proud that he introduced a bill in the city council last week. The bill is to get driver's licenses for mm -hmm. undocumented people. Yeah. Yep, we saw it as an actual meeting next month where they're actually going to advise right. these people. So Basically, they had to duck the law. So let's walk this through. Okay, let's walk this through. We have a system where we can get municipal IDs for people in New York City right now for all the bars. You don't need to prove citizenship to get a municipal ID. But nobody cares about a municipal ID. You can't walk into a building. It's, it's not an official ID. Right. So now what's going to happen is we're going to get undocumented people licenses, which means then once they have a driver's license, they're going to be able to vote. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is craziness because I can't move to a foreign country and, and vote in that country. I mean, it, it, you know, it's pretty straight up. Like, mm -hmm. you go to a country, you're a visitor, or you have, you're have you there for a reason, mm -hmm. but you shouldn't be able to vote in that country unless you become 
formalized as part of that country. Right. And I don't think any of this stuff is beyond common sense. It's very straightforward stuff. But, you know, again, it's this crazy world where, uh, you know, someone, someone told me a joke, and I'll, I'll repeat the joke, where uh, AOC has a green plan, and her green plan is to give green cards to the MS-13. That's the true. <laughs> that's the true green green plan. But you know, that's the world we're in. When you have people like her getting all the media attention, she's very popular, and you know, she's out trying to socialist the Blasio, like with the Amazon deal and that kind of thing. So that's where someone like me comes in, who you know wants to really kick the tires and say what, what's going on here, and we we could do better because we're New York. We have so much money. We spend so much money. Money shouldn't be an issue in terms of doing the right thing, right? right? If, if we're doing something efficiently and we're executing something and we have a plan, first of all, let's back up. We have a plan and we execute the plan with a budget. I mean, look at the homeless crisis in New York City. Believe it or not, we don't know how many homeless people live in New York City. Mm -hmm. They probably never let that happen anyway. It'd be an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, but they, what they do is they do, uh, well, they do this thing at night. They did it a couple of weeks ago where they actually go out and try to audit and identify homeless people. How could you want a city agency and do a budget and serve constituents when you don't know? That's like, do I have 10 people or do I have 10,000 people? Mm -hmm. I heard rumors that we have 75,000 homeless people. Then people push back and they go, whoa, whoa, what do you mean by homeless? They go, you tell me what you think I mean by homeless. Does it take a rocket science forward. to figure yeah. Yeah. But I even heard that there's 110,000 homeless children in the school system. There's a million kids in the schools, New York City writ large, all the boroughs. 110,000 of them, there's an article in the Post, are picked up from a, home, a homeless shelter, taken to school, and returned back to the homeless shelter. I mean, how horrible is that? Can't we do better with New York? Mm -hmm. So, you know, people think we're conservative, we're not compassionate. I'm extremely compassionate, sure. yeah. but, you know, directed in a well, right that's way. That's the thing, too, though. A lot of these things we're talking about, they're not political issues, per se, right? You it's nothing to, to do with being a conservative. That's so what I'm saying. I, I don't think there should be a guy... I, I, I think I, everybody can agree nobody should be living on the street. I get my hair cut by the UN, right? And I go into a chase on a corner at First Avenue, and I always walk over people going to the ATM, and I feel terrible about it because I'm right by the UN. And the UN, there's people that protest that are passionate about what's happening in Darfur, happening in countries far, far away. Mm -hmm. Human rights violations. But we're literally leaving a human being in the street, and we're in a, one of the richest cities in the world. Well, we can't take care of that person. And it is a problem, because I work in the New York City school system, and I'm in a, I'm in a developmental school, so we're D75, it's all special education. And we've had several kids who, I would talk to them, like they're living in shelters. And it negatively affects their development, it affects their everyday life. And they have a lot of problems. And these kids, if they're stuck in that in that environment for too long, it really is going to turn them into, a lot of times, very angry people, very disillusioned people, people who don't believe in themselves at all. And they end up on welfare, on the government dime. <laughs> and it's it's really, it's it's hard to see. It's really difficult to watch. Because we had one girl where she was, her mother was in prison for drugs. And her grandmother had been in prison beforehand. And she was living in the homeless shelter. The mother got out of prison. And after about, I think about six months, they were able to move out of the shelter. Once she was out of the shelter, she was able to leave the school. Mm. She went from being there from pre-K to fourth grade to within, after six months of being out of the homeless shelter, she was able to basically develop to the level where she was able to go to a regular community school, which is the goal for all the kids in our, in our school. So, like you said, it's the fact that you have this many homeless people but you don't understand the people that are living in your city and you're not doing anything to help these people except for you know 
basically punish people in more affluent communities like yeah. de Blasio wants to, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it's really crazy, too, if you think about what you hear about this criminal justice reform and the solutions that these socialists have come up with criminal justice reform, essentially, they're looking at prisons. The prisons are overcrowded. And I agree we need to we need to improve conditions at Rikers Island. I get it. I'm an attorney. I know criminal law. Um, I understand the process. But think about, like, if you have a business and you run out of stuff that you make, that means you're a pretty popular business. Mm -hmm. you know, you're selling out of stuff, right? It's super crowded. Well, the flip side is if you have jails that are overcrowded, that means there's something going on. There's a reason for that. And the solution isn't to decriminalize things, meaning, okay, we're busting too many people for this thing. So the thing that we're busting them for, we're going to decriminalize. Right. So you're permitting bad behavior. That's <laughs> silly. Silly. What you need to do is you need to have a system where you have jobs, you have training and education. Some have been proponent of even trade school education, right? Teach people how to mm -hmm. be auto mechanics, teach people how to be, you know, work in technology, mm -hmm. but not necessarily be engineers. So my big deal with the Amazon situation was everybody was saying 25,000 jobs. I was the only one who was saying, okay, how many of those are going to New Yorkers? Mm -hmm. I don't care. Just tell me they're going to 100,000 jobs in New York. How many people in New York are going to be put to work? Mm -hmm. We are not a tech center in New York. We're not Silicon Valley. We have finance. We have advertising people. We don't have engineers. Okay, so 25,000 jobs, a lot of those jobs were skilled jobs. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how many of those people are going to be shipped into New York from other places. Even though they're going to pay taxes, we're not benefiting directly. Mm -hmm. And if we're finding $3 billion in tax abatements, use that $3 billion to fix the subway. Don't charge me for congestion pricing. You know, why are, we, why are we punishing people who don't want to take the subway? It's a common sense campaign. Yeah, but AOC said that we saved $3 billion by not having Amazon. <laughs> yeah, right. We've been through this. You, didn't, you lost $30 billion. You didn't save $3 billion. Yeah, and that, and that deal, you know, like Trump does the art of the deal. That deal is, is not the art of the deal. Mm -hmm. Our friends, Comrade de Blasio and Governor Cuomo, mm -hmm. they couldn't renegotiate that deal, right? Why did that deal fall through? Because the people in Long Island City felt that there was some kind of boondoggle and there was a backroom deal, right? Cuomo, de Blasio, and the richest man in the world, Bezos, were working out some backroom deal. Mm -hmm. Like the shelters where you get 30-day notice, the community in Long Island City, and it was for a fact the community boards, they were not involved. Mm -hmm. They should have been involved from inception and involved in the deal. And if people didn't like that deal with the $3 billion tax payment, why couldn't it be renegotiated? Mm -hmm. That's impossible. That's why you're the mayor of New York. That's why you're the governor of New York. Right. If you can't you know, serve that job, you need to renegotiate deals. You need to keep Amazon in New York, but restructure the deal where the people in Long Island City feel comfortable. Amazon's giving their fair share. We know a lot of those questions have answers. They remain unanswered. And then de Blasio gets all upset that Amazon wants to run away. Bezos could go anywhere he wants. Mm -hmm. So that situation is highly coveted. He could go to any city he wants in the country and they'll hook him up, okay? But you have to effectively know how to manage and de Blasio can't do it, okay? De Blasio has benefited from being the mayor of New York City. Being the mayor of New York City, absent the 1970s, is like having a checkbook, having a checking account that doesn't need to be balanced. You just keep writing checks. Mm -hmm. Right, because people come to New York and they see, you know, the share show, Mamma Mia, whatever. They spend all this money, tourism, tourism cranks it out, right? 
So you make so much money in New York, you don't have to worry about the bottom line. My concern is that New York City provides a lot of services to a lot of people. The tax base in New York is eroding. New York State, New York City, mm -hmm. dramatically. People are leaving. People are going to Florida. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforalloccasions.com. Yep. I see commercials <laughs> every day. Come to Palm Beach. We have no state tax. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? I went to a, I went to an, um, I met this guy. His name is Travis. I forget his last name, but he has like an interactive board, and you could click on the board, and it's all publicly available information. And he could go click on one state and look at another state. So he predominantly focuses on New York, Illinois, and California, right? And those people are just running out of those states, and it have been for years. And the states they moved to, are Florida and Texas predominantly, mm -hmm. and some people in Tennessee as well. The, the, the ratio of students to teachers in Florida and Texas is better than New York with no state income tax. Mm -hmm. That's my point. The, all these guys talk about is things would be better if we had more ta tax revenue. No. Look at what Trump did with salt. Mm -hmm. Why did Trump do salt? I know it hurt people in New York with property taxes going up. But why did Trump do that? Because reckless states like New York, California, and Illinois kept raising taxes. They shouldn't be rewarded. And they were getting a federal subsidy bailout. Yeah. And Trump said, enough. We're going to punish those states, and you're going to have to figure out what to do because people are going to leave those states. Many people don't understand that, which is, is problematic. I mean, they just hear, well, I didn't get a tax refund. I mean, a lot of people yeah. understand from the beginning is that the point of the tax refunds because they took too much money from me. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, it should that's be zero at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah you should be flat. And the, yeah. point, and the point is, is you shouldn't have these reckless states. I have no idea... What happens to my tax dollars? So I look at a, if I look at a pay stub, I look at how much I pay in taxes. I have no idea where that money's going or what it's being used for. I don't think anybody does. No. And there's no bottom line. That's where the public advocate comes in and just really starts taking control back and fighting for the people. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who don't have voices. The people, um, with regard to these coalitions that were formed for the homeless shelters, the people in NYCHA. Yeah, these people they don't have a voice. They don't they don't know how to contact a lawyer and get a lawyer to represent them. That's where the public advocate comes in, not only taking the complaint, but following through and making sure there's execution and literally working with the government agencies that if we need to throw people in jail from NYCHA, I would be happy to do it because we need to make an example of people. We can't have this behavior where we treat people badly like that. It's terrible. When you're, when you're a public advocate, you've got to be independent, right? I mean, the most important thing in that role is to be independent because if you have relationships with people, um, and there's a problem with that with that person or the, the company or agency they, they they work with or for. How do you distance yourself you know, yourself from that? You have to you have to make sure you're independent, and it's a, it's a key part of the job. If you're not independent, you can't carry out the job well, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, cool. So uh, so we're, we're running out of time here, but the special election, guys, is tomorrow. So if you're a New York City resident, the special election for public advocate is up. Uh, obviously, we support Manny. We're having him on the show. Uh, Manny, is there anything else you want to leave the folks on before we signed off? Yeah, oh, thanks again for having me on. Yeah, so check out my website. It's votemanny.nyc, and you know, get in touch with me. Check out where your polling site is. It's a special election, February 26th. The polls are open all day. Um, there's nothing else going on, so there are no other elections. It's just for public advocate. 
All right, great. So, so check that, check out that website. Uh, thanks so much for watching, guys. This is Pete, Evan, Justin here. We're going to be coming back at you tomorrow with the group show. Have a great rest of the night, everybody. We'll talk to you then. Hey, everyone. It's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.